right, let's get this shit over. I ain't got all day. Stop, I'm sick of your bullshit. Ask me if I give a shit. What kind of shit is this? Chicken ain't nothing but a bird. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. Yeah, darling, go make it happen. Take the world in a loving place. Fire all of the guns and pumps and explode into space. I like smoking lightning. All right, you gravy sopping, born insecure, rat soup eating motherfuckers. It's time again for a Silver Emotion podcast. <laughs> and as you may have guessed, we're talking about Rudy Ray Moore in the sequel to Dolomite, The Human Tornado. He's a human tornado. Music kicked me and didn't bruise my there was a lot of rat soup eating motherfuckers in this. There sure was. I mean, I... I didn't notice it much in Dolomite. Yeah. And then you mentioned it in the podcast that he said it. And I was like, oh, I don't remember specifically when he might have said that. And he says it a lot in this movie. (laughs) I think he only says it maybe once or twice in the first one. But he says it more. You know, it's kind of like a catchphrase. Yeah. (laughs) So you got to amp it up. It's a sequel. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot more noticeable. I don't know if that was because you pointed it out in the... Pro- yeah. podcast it probably was, helped it probably helped i was just like oh hey he said rat suit motherfuckers again Will was talking about in the other podcast I fucking, oh he said it again i fucking love that <laughs> so yeah he's uh he's fond of the rat soup eating motherfuckers he sure is well, i guess he's not fond of them he, he hates them but <laughs> yeah i mean they're bastards so he's gonna gotta give them what yeah, they the, deserve. Th- there were some bastards in this movie, all right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, the sequel to, to Dolomite. Rudy Raymore plays once again Dolomite. Yeah. Um, if you remember uh, in the first one, he regains his club. Right, right. He's uh, reestablishes himself right. out of prison. Yeah, they uh, clears they, his name. Yeah. So, so the sequel, all of that is still in uh, in uh, working. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> on top of the world. Yeah, and so he's, 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 but he finds himself in Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Okay, specifically Alabama. Alabama. There was something about Alabama on the like a, the cop car or something. I think. Okay. It doesn't look like Alabama. It looks like L.A. to me, but <laughs> <laughs> I just figured kind of generic South. Yeah. Wherever hillbilly country. So yeah, he's out there doing uh, doing comedy and uh, setting up some kind of uh, 
I don't know, like an, an orphanage kind of thing or something? I don't know. He was, they said uh, that he was donating the house to the boys club. Yeah, I wasn't uh, sure exactly what he meant by the boys club. I was kind of thinking, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, it's just there's, uh, some kind of uh, social benefit to the community kind of a thing, whatever yeah. it was. I just, I didn't question it. it it's was, a that's a thing, the boys club. I don't know if it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was nationwide or whatever, 70s. but was it? I guess it would. Dude, it's. I think it's like, <laughs> fucking since the twenties. There's some oh, shit. Jesus. There's a there's a, forties movie called Boys Club that's like about. It might be about the guy who started it. I don't know, but it's huh. a Bing Crosby movie. Um, I don't know that uh, this is a sanctioned uh, film of the Boys Club. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even sure <laughs> if he was just specifically referring to that or if it I was didn't some think kind so. Of no, a, a, kind of a just a term for something else that. Yeah, it was kind of a, some kind of slang he was using that I just didn't pick up on. Or oh no, I thought it was just um, th- just like a church organized, like uh, you know, keep the boys off the streets sort of place. Yeah, that was kind of my take on it. I just kind of went, oh, I guess it's just some kind of community center. Yeah, for people who don't have anywhere else to go, maybe a homeless shelter. I don't know something the point, along those lines. The point is just to show that. Uh, while Dolomite has uh, many interests, <laughs> one of them is helping the community. Yeah, he's a very <laughs> community-minded fellow. Yeah, he's an upstanding gentleman. That's what I got out of it, and I didn't think I needed to get any more out of it. So No, and that's kind of where it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't really... You know, yeah, I, I kind of worry for that house in the future, considering uh, the situation it was in when we left it. Th- this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's it's yeah, it's not the best place um, for black people because, yeah. uh, as we see, uh, th- there were some racist motherfuckers out there. <laughs> yes, that yeah, they uh, the the sheriff was called, the racist sheriff was called, and he runs Dolomite out of town. And and specifically for no other reason than he's black, really. That's it. That's the one. I mean... Well, I, it got more complicated, but the reason he went there to yes. kick him out of town was just, hey, there's black people. Let's right. fuck him up. And it was kind of an asshole thing to do. Yes, for sure. No. And then he got there and found more going on. But <laughs> Yes. All of it, not Dolomite's fault. Right. Dolomite is merely just uh, the... the you know, just doing a transaction yeah I mean, he, he's dolomite i mean yeah he's getting paid for his uh, gigolo services yeah I, I found that rather humorous that he was that's how fucking badass dolomite is man i'm gonna pay him yeah that was uh kind of funny I, yeah kind of funny that he, he wasn't really all that into it it didn't seem he was just like oh let's get this over with like i only got <laughs> half an hour <laughs> Oh, I was going to say something. I forgot. I'm going to remember, though, but not now. Later in the podcast, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, at some point. Um, Fuck. (laughs) I don't remember. Hmm. Well, so, bottom line, Dolomite has to head back to California. 
He does. He does. And gets a murder pinned on him, which was not the murder he committed. I wouldn't even call it murder. It was self-defense when he shot the other guy. Yeah. So. Well, he ne- oh, that's what I was, I was going to say. Um, the cops, the, the, the racists. Yeah. If uh, if we continue watching black exploitation movies, the the over the top like super racists <laughs> are a, a staple of the genre. I imagine so. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. And I don't think there's I don't I don't think that uh, really shows up in the first one, especially not to this degree where it, you know it's yeah Dolomite didn't have a I mean it had like crazy assholes who were yeah but it wasn't super explicit about like oh they're just racist assholes right they're just assholes they were (laughs) yeah i don't remember any like super over the top racist but uh this movie definitely has them and (laughs) a lot of other black exploitation things have them um and there's another thing the the super over the top gay guy Yeah, that was a. Uh, that's another uh, thing that's in a lot of black exploitation movies. I kind of expected him to hang around a little bit more and just be like, "Oh, Dolomite, I'm gonna stick by him. This is gonna be good." <laughs> no, he, he got to California and then he, he he was he was happy enough with that. Yeah, he's on his way. Uh, but yeah, that's another thing that shows up in a lot of movies. Um, so I just thought I'd point that out as a black exploitation thing. All right, good. That, that I did not imagine <laughs> as being a, a common black exploitation thing coming into it from the yeah. outside. I was like, oh, okay. They're relatively accepting of him in this movie. Yeah, they were just like, ah, shit, we kidnapped the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they were just like, whatever. We're like, <laughs> I feel like in other movies it's probably a little bit more negative, mm-hmm. but uh, I can't think of any like off the hand examples of that but it's just a feeling i have yeah and i imagine so but uh so when dolomite escapes from this house Mm -hmm. did you enjoy (laughs) his method of escape (laughs) it was very fun When it suddenly did the double take yeah. of it, that was that was hilarious. <laughs> that was one of my favorite fucking moments of all Dolomite. That fucking jump, <laughs> and then and that instant replay. Yeah, it was like it's like like you like I forget what it said exactly. It was something about like how you didn't you wouldn't believe it, so we're gonna show it to you again. Yeah, like, no, this happened. It's like you think I didn't do that jump? <laughs> Watch this shit or some shit like that. It was something like that. It was. <laughs> that was priceless. Yeah, that was great. I love it. Just rolling down the hill, like ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was some fun stuff. It's fucking awesome. And I, I gotta say, as much as the sheriff was a total freaking asshole, yeah, it was hilarious when you first see him. And he's like in the office and he, he's napping or something. And the guy uh-huh. wakes him up and his immediate response is to just whip out a gun and shoot. <laughs> just like, start shooting, yeah. Like that's just his immediate response upon waking up. Is, I'm going <laughs> to shoot whatever the hell is there. <laughs> yeah, this guy, yeah, he's a live wire. He's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that, uh, I enjoy that that character. He's a funny guy. <laughs> he's a, he's a, I don't know. He's acted well. Yeah, and then then he he goes to L.A. and he's talking to the police captain or whatever. I think it was the captain. Yeah, and he's and it's like at first they're getting along, and then it's like. You get in arguments. I was thinking like that police captain from LA, like he just hates everyone apparently because he's he assigns the one guy to the case, the black yeah. guy. I don't even know that he had a name. He must have had a name. The black dude? Yeah, the police officer who the detective guy. Yeah, his name is Jake. Jake. I don't remember what 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 else. Uh, if he's like sergeant or captain, I don't remember any of that. But uh, I made a note of him because. Uh, He's played by Jerry Jones, the oh. screenwriter of Dolomite and Human Tornado. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah, he, he calls him on the case, and then they get in, like, and he's like, at one point, like Jake leaves, and the, the captain is just like, man, what an asshole, or fucker, I don't know. He's just like, God damn, I hate that guy. It's like, well. You just called him like your best officer, <laughs> and then it's the sheriff comes in, and yeah, and then the sheriff comes in, and they get in an argument, and the sheriff leaves, and he's like, "God, what an asshole!" <laughs> it's just like, it was kind of like he just thinks everybody's an asshole or something. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of found that funny that it was just like, yeah, like the that both guys on opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, the black detective who's in touch with the black community and right. doesn't want to fuck you know he wants to stand up for the black community as yeah. best he can and then the crazy racist sheriff is, <laughs> is like both of them this guy's just like god they're assholes like they're both assholes <laughs> that's funny didn't didn't the the la uh police guy have a like uh like didn't the the the, the Alabama guy would say something racist and he's in the LA guy was like get the fuck out of my office fuck you <laughs> yeah it was something like that that was when it like he just suddenly went god this guy's an asshole like get the fuck out what the fuck <laughs> what is wrong with this guy <laughs> uh, so I feel like he's not like truly in the middle in that way but just uh he definitely he thinks people are assholes. He doesn't want to like, like he wants to do his job, but he doesn't want anybody with any sort of strong will <laughs> coming in his fucking way. But he he's uh, at his heart. I, I feel like he's a good guy. Yeah, he's he's a decent guy. He just uh, yeah he just gets upset when people <laughs> don't immediately obey him. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, there was uh, a lot of fun stuff. There was some. I think there were some other double takes, like later in the movie too. There not, were not just the jumping off the. <laughs> there ledge, was, so yeah. It was, but yeah, the jumping <laughs> off the ledge being the first of them just kind of really. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> this just makes me laugh thinking about it. <laughs> it, it was a good scene. And it kind of it kind of had this slower part in the middle where it was like they're going around finding info and stuff all yeah. in the middle, and not as much actually happening. It felt like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not remembering how the pacing flowed in Dolomite. If that was similar or Dolomite, 
is more straightforward than this movie in yeah, that kinda... this movie has Human Tornado starts with this kind of a big deal occurrence and then they go to California and then there's like that kind of I don't want to call it a lull in the middle because I fucking love it. <laughs> I I have no problems with this movie. But um it does get a little bit outside of the the action dolomite right and, and i think that's more what i was expecting yeah and i can't remember and that's where i'm trying to remember like did dolomite the first movie have just action all through it i think it does because i kind of remember it that way yeah i think it's like uh more more even in that sort of sense yeah so i was kind of like just in the middle of human tornado i was like wow like nobody's thrown a punch in a while what's going right. on like, no yeah there's not karate in this movie until towards the end and th- there's definitely karate throughout <laughs> in dolomite yeah, so yeah so it's, uh... i would argue that the karate in this movie though <laughs> while contained towards the end is far superior to the the karate of the first movie yeah, I think in in some way, I like I'm kind of torn on like which I liked better. Yeah, well, I fucking love the first one, and I love like that fucking supermarket parking lot fight that's all <laughs> shitty. I love it all, and so I I'm I'm torn as well. Uh, which one I if I had to pick, which one I liked better? I don't know, but um, yeah, it's uh, this is a like a fundamentally different yeah, kind of yeah, movie. It's, it's yeah, I mean, and just speaking to the karate in specific, it's approaching it in a very different way than Dolomite did. Yeah. And, like, Dolomite kind of played it straight, kind of. Like, it was... Yeah, not, uh-huh. I mean, it, not that it wasn't being just f- having fun with it, but, like, in Human Tornado, it seems to be more of, like, a straight-up parody of dubbed Hong Kong movies in the way that... The first movie was more just like, oh, we're just going to have Kung Fu because it's cool. Right. And this one was more just, oh, we're going to like have this weird parody of the awkward dubbing and I don't know that weird it was... noises and poses. and See, like, maybe it was supposed to be parody. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just laugh and I think it's fucking badass. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is parody. And, I like, mean, I know there's inherent comedy in a lot of what they're doing, but because it's, like, sped up and yeah, yeah, I Rudy mean, Ray I, Moore's I, doing his fucking yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> neck got, waggle and shit. Yeah, that, I, like, that's, that alone <laughs> tells you, like, this has to be parody because he's sitting there like... <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's, de- it's definitely supposed to be comedy, but I don't know that it, it's necessarily parody. Right. Not that... It, even if it is, well, that's fine, whatever. But I just, uh, I never thought of it in that way. And I guess to uh, the other side, a lot of the Hong Kong movies that this was being uh, inspired by were probably comedies in and themselves, too. No, not at Maybe this not, time. Not at that time? No, because this movie is 1976, and Dolomite was 75. And so... Hong Kong comedies, martial arts comedies, didn't really start until Jackie Chan. Okay. I mean, they, there's a few early movies that are are like early examples of the genre, but nothing 
Okay, nothing that really full on until like okay. Snake in the Eagle's Shadow and specifically Drunken Master in seventy eight. Mm, okay. And then those those are the movies that really like solidified it. There were movies before that, but not big. Not big. Yeah. Um and and also in the mid seventies the it was still primarily a Mandarin driven uh industry like i was talking about last episode on zoo where the cantonese style is more like throwing a bunch of genres Mm. high comedy and so that's what came into the movies towards the 80s um so yeah i don't i mean there's probably martial arts comedies that came out around them but i'd have to i don't know if if uh rudy ray moore was looking at them or not but yeah okay but definitely like the bruce lee movies were out the the first few shaw brothers movies had been released like five fingers of death and stuff like that but i don't know specifically anything yeah, else i mean that was something that i was kind of i was looking at i realized the date on this being 76 i was like oh wow like this would have this would have been really like old kung fu like this would have been stuff that's yeah like thundering swords era stuff he would have been in uh been seeing me like, well that never that stuff like that never had a release in the u.s yeah i mean that era of hong kong stuff would have been what he would have well may, he certainly wouldn't have had access to 80s stuff <laughs> well definitely not but the and, the kung fu craze didn't start into the u.s until five fingers of death got released and that movie in hong kong is 72 Mm-hmm. And I think it got released in the U.S. either in '72 or '73. Anyway, it was it was maybe it's '71 because I think the first Bruce Lee movie is '71. But the first Bruce Lee movie came out after Five Fingers of Death in the U.S. I know Five Fingers of Death was the first one, mm. um, which is called King Boxer in the. In the Hong Kong, <laughs> in the Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, primarily they didn't bring over wuxia movies, right? Like especially sixties yeah. wuxias. So it would be mostly like the Republic era movies, like the nineteen twenties more modern day stuff, and then. Um, the Shaolin movies when those came out in 74, mm. 75 and like all, and then the stuff going forward, of course, but I don't know how much like may, I mean like one armed swordsman that's 67. I'm sure that got a release mm. and the sequels and stuff like that, but I don't know. Yeah. And I was thinking of it in terms of what, my experience like the things that i've seen yeah that would have been okay, okay. i was kind of just trying to give a general relation of like what kind of stuff that you know it wouldn't be you know this tr- yeah it, no it wouldn't be super highly choreographed stuff right the stuff that he would have been uh drawing inspiration for from. sure so for sure like, yeah oh wow like the, like we're, we're definitely not talking drunken master as a <laughs> no 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 kind of, as something to compare it with it's yeah you should see the bruce lee movies because those yeah, I'm not familiar with timing on those and when those were around, but I could, I, as soon as the guy came out with the nunchucks in this, I was like, oh, this this must have been after Bruce Lee, and yeah. then, like, 
became a thing here in, in America too, because because like like you were saying, this is not just a timing of what was going on in Hong Kong, but what was going on in Hong Kong that came to America at right, that time. Right. So we've got kind of two timelines to uh, kind of reconcile to figure out what's going on with it. Right. And there's there's U.S. like American martial arts movies too that were probably around at this time like i know enter the dragon had come out and that was a big fucking movie i mean that's bruce lee but yeah but that that had come out and then there's like jim kelly black exploitation karate movies like black belt jones and fucking i don't know that would have been before dolomite yeah black belt jones i think is 74 maybe 75 but Mm. I don't know. And he has a bunch of movies. Jim Kelly has a bunch of... He's in Enter the Dragon, and then he, like, starred in a bunch of movies, too. Mm, okay. Of his own movies. He's fucking awesome. Um, and so those would be either the few years before Dolomite uh, or, like, the same time, you know, coming out concurrently. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not <laughs> looking at Hong Kong it's not being inspired by Hong Kong movies that are what we would traditionally think of as Hong Kong movies. Yeah. We being America, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was, uh, from an older era than what right. we, we've grown accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah. Before they developed that whole thing. Yeah. So I was looking at the action in terms of that. I'm thinking, well, I mean, obviously this is going to be nowhere near like a, jackie chan level of choreography going on but then i was like but that wouldn't have even existed at the time right comparing it to what was available at the time i was like oh yeah yeah, this wouldn't have been that much of a well even if it was after drunken master (laughs) you can't watch rudy ray Moore fight (laughs) expecting fucking dope choreography i mean what was here is pretty dope i enjoy it but uh you know it's not so much about the athletic abilities of Rudy Ray Moore as it is right, his just, comedic abilities. Right. It's just he's he's a performer. It's yeah. A, it's a performance. It's, right. It's on a very fun performance that's <laughs> enjoyable to watch. Fuck yeah, he does. <laughs> um, yeah, the weird super sped up stuff. That was yeah, I love all that. It's fucking fun. <laughs> so yeah, but, I mean it was... At the same time, I kind of think, like, I, I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. At the same time, like, I, I think I lean a little more towards Dolomite's action is yeah. more, more more entertaining a little. The more realistic. Like, like, a smut, yeah. like a smidge more entertaining. All right, all right. I don't even know realistic is what it, it just, I don't know. I'm, yeah, just less produced. So it's. Because I don't think they use any fast motion in the first one. No, I don't think it... I don't remember any anyway. But it had a lot of just... I don't know, fun antics in it that (laughs) were just... That I was just enjoying the hell out of. Yeah. And and I don't know. You just had this army of girls beating people up that was just... Yeah, yeah. And and you get a little bit of that in here, but not... A little bit. Hurricane Annie and uh, there's a couple other girls, but... uh, Yeah, it's mostly not uh, like the... Like the big action finale in Dolomite was like just this whole team of girls just <laughs> <laughs> wailing on people and yeah, I don't know. I I just 
liked the whole weird idea of, of Dolomite just being this such a badass dude. He's just, he's just got an army of girls. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, it was, I don't know. I think it just a little bit more, I'm leaning more towards Dolomite as, yeah. as being, and it's, it's, it's a weird one because I'm kind of like, oh man, like, I, I don't know. It's, I'm a little torn on that because there are some just ridiculously funny, weird things in here that this movie. Yeah, this is this movie goes way weirder than the first one. Right. Like, uh, just random shit. <laughs> yeah. Like like when they do the pit stop and the guy just busts into the ladies room. and He's just <laughs> like, like no, nah, I got to. I can't hold this in. I'm just going to do it in the sink if I have to. And the lady's just beating on him. Like, Get out. This is for ladies. <laughs> it was just like. Yeah, like weird shit like that. And then <laughs> one of my favorite parts is when they're like on their way to California and they stop. And Dolomite just starts eating an apple. <laughs> and he's like, man, I hope all the girls in California are as good as this apple. Yeah, that was <laughs> such like, a weird line. I was like, like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> That's one of my favorites, man. Uh, I guess it was a good apple. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn good apple. <laughs> all apples aspire to be that fucking apple, man. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not, you know, immediately think apples as this high bar to set for. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Apples are, are you big into apples? I wouldn't say big, but. I mean. Man, apples were my fruit when I was a little kid. And uh, we only got red delicious. Oh. Uh. And so I just thought all apples were like that, kind of mushy. Mm-hmm. kind of like not the best and i was just like i you know i loved them for what they were because it's all i knew mm-hmm. and then one day <laughs> i realized hey not all apples <laughs> are mushy like this some apples are really fucking good <laughs> and they're crisp <laughs> and that was the day my world changed yeah holy shit i've never gone back fuck a red delicious Ugh. yeah they're uh- <laughs> they're called red delicious to convince you that they're delicious you know, not because they are yeah they're, it's just a marketing ploy it really is they have a, a nice color but uh they're for sitting in the bowl for the artist to do his uh, <laughs> yeah uh, still his, life <laughs> still life of fruit in a bowl is that that's what they're great for they're good for that yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah fucking apples and and so anyway my point is that as time has gone on now apples are are grown out of season they're grown in other countries and shipped here and so a lot of times i get an apple and it's very flavorless just tastes like water and it's very frustrating because i know apple shouldn't taste like this apple should be good it should be so good that i wish all the girls of california (laughs) were as good as this apple (laughs) uh and so every once in a while, I'll get a, a, a few apples that are actually quality apples. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> and so I feel I, I feel like I know that feeling of that uh, Dolomite had when he had uh, that apple that was like, <laughs> God damn. He's like, oh, I got one of the good ones. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
I love apples. <laughs> <laughs> Something new for the, so, the so podcast does, audience to yeah, learn I, about Will. I love colors. I love apples. I don't know you what else. Colored I've, apples? Colored apples are nice, yes. Yeah, I don't like a pale apple. Mm. <laughs> you ever uh, paint an apple like an Easter egg? What? <laughs> paint an apple? Just trying to add colors to the apple and combine <laughs> your tastes. <laughs> I It's never occurred to me, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to try it. Paint an apple like a fucking jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> there you go. Apple-lantern. That, that would be the thing for you because it, it, it combines horror and apples and color. Yes, <laughs> there we go. We've got it. <laughs> Apple jack-o'-lantern. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but what what I wanted to say, like, we were talking about the structure kind of of this movie where it's it's uh, maybe a little slower than the, f- the first movie. Right. Um, or just uneven, I guess. And I, my remembrance of this movie before watching it was, I fucking love this movie. It's better than the first one. And so then when I started watching it, I was just like, Oh yeah, Dolomite too. I love it, and it was cool. But having just watched the first one, I was, I was like, I don't know, man. That first one was fucking awesome. <laughs> like this one, I don't know if it's hooking me in the same way. I think the first one's better. But probably about halfway through, the movie just starts getting like, it's almost like this snowball effect where it just starts getting weirder <laughs> and like more over the top. <laughs> And just from that point on, I'm just, I, I just, I, I think this one's better <laughs> than the than the first one for me. It's so fucking fun and weird and just hey, the off that, the wall. That, that crazy old lady in the torture. Room. Yeah, that fucking old witch <laughs> torture lady. <laughs> what the fuck? I love it. That's like some. That's some some uh, classic like 70s exploitation shit where they're just like torturing and raping in a fucking (laughs) some rundown basement (laughs) that's some like exploitation movie 101 right there like if you watch a lot of 70s movies (laughs) like low budget 70s movies (laughs) that's what happens in a lot of them tie up some girls in a basement (laughs) pretty much that fucking happens a lot yeah and if you get into this like cd side of 70s movies um yeah but th- that fucking witch is weird and then when he goes and uh um he no, like he... seduces cavaletti's wife yeah he just like <laughs> dresses up as some weird foreign artist and <laughs> <laughs> just shows her this painting of <laughs> a couple people having sex and she's just immediately like oh i want this <laughs> Dolomite's got the charm. I, I guess it more so than that was when they were actually in bed and the whole building is like <laughs> collapsing. Yeah, I was like, dang, Dolomite's got it. Like, yeah, like, Dolomite's shaking the fucking pillars, man. Yeah, the whole goddamn ceiling comes down, <laughs> explodes, it's just like a fire. <laughs> but he got he got what he needs. He got the the location of the the kidnapped women. Right. In Pasadena. <laughs> it's on the house. On the hill. In Pasadena. <laughs> Which was kind of funny because it's like he already knew it was in a house in Pasadena. So the only thing that added was that it's on a hill. 
<laughs> Dolomite has like Dolomite radar or whatever. He figured it out. Yeah. He ain't just any, uh, you know, bear in the woods. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's not your average bear, fucking uh, yeah, like, Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, the, he's sneaking into the house, and then there's like a, this dog follows him in, and then you never see it again. <laughs> A dog follows him. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, fucking remember that. Like he's sneaking into the into this house, and there's like this dog follows him. It's like barking. I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on with this dog, and then it never shows up again. <laughs> like, it's just gone. <laughs> it's like I just kind of thought of that now, thinking back to that that scene. I'm like, oh, oh man, there was a dog. What happened to that dog? I don't think it was in any other scene. It was just this one shot of Dolomite <laughs> sneaking into the house. I feel like they were just shooting the film. Yeah. And some stray dog just wandered onto the set, and they're like, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a dog here. All right. Film's expensive, <laughs> man. <laughs> just fuck it. <laughs> oh. I love it. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a fun final brawl of craziness. Yeah. It's so fun. I mean, there's just so much shit that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this, I don't know, like that crazy fighting. <laughs> it's so stupid and funny. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Just crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Dolomite has some s- solid uh, rhymes in there, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, for the first part of the the movie, like everything he says is right. Yeah, and I thought yeah. he was just gonna do that the whole movie, and then he kind of stopped. I was like, oh, but every single line of dialogue was gonna be a rhyme or something. Well, he had to conserve his power, and yeah. then he unleashed his power during that sex scene in order to get yeah, was, the information. It was all for the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, you know, he's he's smart. He knows when to use or don't use power you know he, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a master for a reason <laughs> uh, <laughs> i fucking love it god damn think of like towards the middle like what was go- like i'm they go to a bunch of clubs yeah they're like they're bouncing around and uh watch some uh musical performances yeah that's and that it's was only- actually something i was thinking at the time, I was thinking, oh, I think they're, like, just trying to find these, like, just performers that they like. And just, like, to showcase yeah. some performers of the era that were. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> I'm sure. It, they were really into the performances. And really yeah. And kind of like, oh, here's this person performing. We're going to show them perform for a bit. And right, right. There's one band that the the fucking bass player looks like Ice-T. <laughs> <laughs> it had me rolling because I never noticed that guy before it. <laughs> <laughs> but iced tea with like long fucking seventies hair. Oh man, <laughs> this is fucking. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love iced tea though. So, <laughs> yeah. I love the dude with the uh, the orange outfit, orange like disco outfit. With, yeah, like, the, it was like kind of like a tank top kind of thing and uh-huh. orange pants. Fuck just yeah, dancing around. <laughs> I was like, oh damn. <laughs> that was when I was like, oh yeah, this is a seventies movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, <that's- laughs> 70s for sure dolomite has that dope fucking denim patchwork like onesie (laughs) (laughs) jumpsuit or whatever (laughs) yeah some good fashions yeah you know i think that's something that i missed from the first movie is that he 
was always wearing like a different outfit like every scene in the first yeah. movie it was always some like super like awesome badass 70s right, yeah. thing and it just i mean there were a lot of people who had that going on but it was like dolomite himself only had like a couple of different uh, yeah outfits like i remember in the first one it's just like every scene he got a new one and it was like <laughs> super fly like even more fly than the previous one it was just like constantly like it was like oh i missed that oh uh, well Oh, I did find it funny that he's sitting there in his bathrobe and the junkie informant just comes in on him and he's just in this bathrobe. It's just like he's just got money wadded up in the bathrobe. <laughs> like he's just he's rolling in money so he's, much. He's fucking just, prepared, yeah. He he ties up his bathrobe in freaking dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh did you notice uh, future Ghostbuster Ernie Hudson? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> uh, one of the uh, buddies of Dolomite, Bo, the the bald guy. Uh, okay. Ernie Hudson, this is his second movie. Oh. Went on uh, later to be in uh, Ghostbusters. Winston Zedmore. <laughs> okay. you know, I, he, was, he was the guy who lost his brother. He was yes. at the end there. Yes, yes. Yeah, because I, I think it was in that scene where I was going, oh, like he's not... Going, like I mean, I wouldn't call it melodramatic, but he, like he was, yeah, emoting there. He was, yeah, not, that was, not, that, was that was quality was acting. A, yeah, that was not a stiff performance at all. No, it, like a lot of the performances in here are kind of. This <laughs> yeah. is definitely a low budget film. There's definitely some shitty acting. And then it was like, and he was doing that whole thing with his brother. Down. I was like, oh man, he's, he's yeah, he's doing it for real here. This isn't. A, yeah, that was solid. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's uh, he went on to to great fame. He's still acting today. Yeah. He's on some TV show. He plays like a, a senator or a president or something. I don't know. Hmm. I saw him on TV one time, and it was a a new show. And I was like, "Oh shit, Ernie Hudson!" To the round. And he and I remember it being cool because he was in this like high pa- position of power. And I thought, "Wow, fuck yeah, Ernie Hudson." <laughs> <laughs> he went from dolomite to yeah. Dolomite to the White House. Yeah, I'm pretty. I want to say he was the president in this show, but I don't remember anything about it. So maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was like a police chief, or I mean, that's a wide, yeah, <laughs> disparity there. But I don't remember. Anyway, maybe somebody else knows, mm-hmm. and they are like, "Oh yeah, I know that." Mm-hmm. Not you or I, though. Yep, <laughs> we're we're too stuck in the past. Yep, yep, and. Uh, fun place to be sometimes it is it is because you get to see uh movies like dolomite and human tornado yeah see these are i mean these movies were popular at the time but didn't really linger well like i mean they're popular for people like myself who's into like cult movies and stuff and definitely dolomite is a movie that like comes up for people like Mm. um I don't know. I don't know that it would make like a traditional like oh top ten black exploitation movies. It should. It should be like number one. <laughs> I don't know. Rudy Ray Moore is like. I fucking love him. So I I would rather watch these than most other ones. But uh, I feel like Dolomite is kind of uh, well known. Human Tornado less so, but still relatively well known the other movies that he made like pd wheatstraw the next movie 
where he's not Dolomite, like that's where you really get into the like forgotten element mm-hmm. of movies where like unless you're super fucking into it, most people aren't digging that deep. Right. <clears throat> and it's sad because <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah. That was, I think, one of the, the more fun scenes. I guess this might have, I guess this was more towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah. In the middle, but it was when they, like, took over Queen Bee's club. It's like the assholes just walk in, they're just like, gonna tip over this table <laughs> he just walks up to a table and tips it over and they're like what the freaking hell is this guy doing <laughs> yeah this assholes I just like the way it's just, we're just gonna pick a fight by just, just just gonna walk up and start messing shit up and yeah the first guy just like grabs a chair and he's like I'm gonna help you put this away or some shit <laughs> yeah, and he throws like, it off into the like, fucking oops sorry it's <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, funny <laughs> just, I just look at it like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like you'd think if if your goal is to just start shit up, you wouldn't need to go through that trouble of like faking it. And yeah, you just go in and yeah. like like if your if your plan is to just beat some people up, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like an unnecessary step. Yeah. It- <laughs> It is, but, uh, you know, they're trying to have fun with their jobs. I guess you gotta, <laughs> you gotta enjoy your work. Yeah. It's and, a, you know, it's, uh, life's meaningless if, if work is just a chore. This is true. And I don't know about you, but the, the prospect of, uh, flipping a table over <laughs> seems pretty fucking fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, your job, go and flip a table. Like, yeah. All right. So you know, like, it ain't my table. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it breaks. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to flip this table. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> yeah, that was just a, a little fun moment in the film. And I just. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's, that is towards the. I guess, yeah. Middle of the, the beginning or whatever. Yeah. I mean. No, I said it back. <laughs> beginning of the middle or something. Yeah, it's kind of like because I think of like the beginning as Dolomite in his situation in the beginning where he's, yeah he's getting away and then once he gets away it's kind of like now we're in this lower the, middle the section. L.A. part yeah and then we get to the end where he's busting into places and right busting heads and yeah it's kind of how I was mentally dividing it I don't know lengthwise how that. Yeah, I don't know if it's like matches up to like a three act thing, but basically, I'm sure it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's another one of these movies where we're like, it's just fun. What do we? Right, right. (laughs) I know. It's it is. I did actually take notes. I think we covered everything, but I did try to like just remember stuff, just to help me remember, like. I hope this woman in ca- the women in California are as good as this apple. <laughs> That's a note I have. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I, I also want to mention the the opening credits, the painted opening credits. I just love them. Just yeah, throwing that out there. You know, I wasn't 
paying too much attention to the credits because I was trying to see behind the credits yeah, to, to see. Rudy Ray Moore just dancing with some mirrors. <laughs> Doing his weird <laughs> shit, yeah. Like, I was enjoying that too much to actually <laughs> notice the credits themselves. Yeah. But. Well, they're all like hand-painted. Like I'm sure it was uh, like on glass or something like that. Because, mm. um, I mean, maybe it's opticals. I don't know, but um, I just imagine it being a low-budget sort of thing. Hmm. But yeah, all hand painted, nice and colorful, really flamboyant. Yeah, fucking, I I love it. It's one of the things that sticks in my head about this movie. Like when I think about this movie, I think like, wow, those credits are cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, when I put in the disc, and it first loads up the like the title screen. Yeah, and like the first thing it shows you is just like. Rudy Ray Moore just taking off his shirt and dancing. I'm like, oh, shit, no, don't show me. I'll see it in the movie when it happens. And then it happens, like, immediately. <laughs> like, like, right, right, right. I'm like, oh, well, that freaking <laughs> mad. Like, they weren't spoiling anything. It's right here. <laughs> yeah, I do get frustrated when, when menus will spoil stuff like that. But, yeah, in this case, it was just the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and in the case of Rudy Ray Moore, I would say seeing it two times... <laughs> It's just double the fun. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, the instant replays, you know? You see it yeah, once, yeah. it's great. See it twice, it's fucking twice as best. Tw- <laughs> twice as good, man. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fun little adventure. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I've, I'll say it. Okay, there's, there's one other thing that I think makes me lean towards Dolomite over Human Tornado. All right. And that's just um, this. I, I know I mentioned it in the, that first podcast of it, of just like, who is this guy? Like, he's just got women and yeah. money, and like the guy, the warden is just going to let him out of jail to clear his own. <laughs> like, like who is it? Like, how is this guy so amazing? Like, he's just totally fantastic. And yeah. to an extent, like, that's all true for this. He, he that that guy is still this guy it's yeah. not like there's any difference but it just seems like it hammered home in the first movie just just how beyond yeah. all normal <laughs> human capacity dolomite <laughs> is and like in the second film it's just like you know that so it's like they aren't beating that in but it's just like i kind of miss that it but kinda... it, i i i agree in that the first movie is more about establishing that but this movie takes the next level and makes him almost supernatural where <laughs> like the fucking house is literally <laughs> right. coming down <laughs> around them. And I just, I don't know, like shit, like where they show him fucking uh, like doing a Kung Fu movie jump where he jumps like way uh, yeah, fucking yeah. higher than normal. <laughs> He's just badass, like beyond human capabilities. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, but it's just like, I don't know. I just, it just felt like more of a, I don't know, like a discovery right, in the, the first mystery, movie, yeah. where it's like, he's, yeah, he's got this mystique to him. Like he's just, he's so badass. <laughs> but what makes him so badass? How right. did he get to be this badass guy? <laughs> what is the secret of Dolomite? Yeah, it just kind of, I don't know. It just, and like I said, it's like it's not like that's absent here, of, right? From no, the it, character. Yeah, it's, it's just that. I don't know. I think something about the the first discovery of yeah, that character for sure, is, for sure, just kind of made it more endearing in a way. <laughs> the first one's more based around 
like his uh, comedy routines too. There's multiple yeah there parts were... of his stand up that like yeah, uh, like yeah. there's the one part where he tells a big story in the parking lot to some dudes. <laughs> like he right, just stops right. in the middle of the movie and tells the fucking story, <clears throat> and then uh, there's stuff at the I think towards the end where he's uh, doing another like extended sort of stand up thing. And yeah, and, and in this like... one. There's, Once or twice. Or yeah, something. there's like stand up at the beginning, but even that is mostly crowd work, so it's not like full yeah, on stories a... and stuff. And so yeah, it's just showing uh, another side of Dolomite. Yeah, <laughs> he's a multi layered individual. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun guy. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised. Not really surprised, but like in the ending, like the sheriff guy doesn't get killed. Like he's he just takes off. Yeah, well, and it's just like yeah, whatever. <laughs> it just kind of seemed like he would be the guy that Dolomite <laughs> would want some revenge on. Yeah, and it just kind of like it just like kind of goes by. Just like, like toxic and rip his fucking head off yeah, and shit. <laughs> maybe, maybe I've just seen this in too close proximity to Toxie that I've just, <laughs> but it, it does. I mean, I think like a natural, like a more straightforward movie would have that. And definitely like, cause I think of Dolomite as more straightforward where Willie green is the, the, the object of revenge. And he is dealt with at the end of right, the movie. Right. Whereas this movie is, is not, necessarily following traditional structure rules so it just yeah he just, just like, fucking gets away <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah and you know it's uh you could look at that as on a deeper level yeah i i, <laughs> I was strangely looking like well you just you can't just get rid of racists right you, you yeah. can't just they're kill still racist. It, like it, it's not just gonna go away. You can't just brute force it out. It's right. It's a, yeah. It's a hearts and minds sort of battle instead of simply killing. You know the other eradicating all races. Yeah, it can't. You can't just get rid of them. You've yeah. got to find some other way to tackle the problem and and avoid it. It's yeah. And especially like in like in the seventies where right yeah back you know then. like civil rights was just i don't know 10 years before 12 years before so 64 i think was the yeah uh, it the, would have definitely still been a, a more looming presence of that right the, and so like the black experience not that i know what it is or uh <laughs> am attempting to say that i understand it but the idea of knowing that there's a bunch of racists out there mm-hmm. um just whether you know them personally or not like they're out there somewhere and you have to know that and still live your life and just right, like, move right. forward you can't just like stop you know you have to just keep going you know yeah you gotta you gotta avoid it somehow and yeah uh, keep keep your life going be prepared dodge. yeah be, be prepared. prepared dodge the worst effects of it and yeah. get back up and keep on trucking yeah so dolomite is a is a pillar of the community both in fantasy world and the real world <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of funny seeing the back of the box. Uh, yeah. After I watched the movie, I read the back of the box, and it, and it says that it has one of the, like, biggest twist endings oh, yeah, in black exploitation history. And I was like, really? It's not that crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, the movie's crazy, but... I didn't I really know. see the ending as a twist ending. It's I didn't know, because... I mean, because I've seen it before, but... <laughs> but, um... It's kind of like, what, what was this? Was it... I don't know. The don't surprise know. is that Dolomite's not dead, but, like... That doesn't seem like a twist to me. It's like... Yeah, I mean... Or even a surprise, like... What the su- the craziest surprise ending would be if Dolomite was dead, right? <laughs> like, if he just fucking oh shit, he just fucking killed Dolomite and that's it, like end of movie, like that would be some fucked up crazy shit. Yeah, but, but Dolomite just pops up and it's like, you know, says his line and fucking freeze frame, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't see it as any crazy. Yeah, so I'm. I'm and then I was thinking, like, well, what was the twist? Was it that Dolomite got shot? Was it that the racist got away? Was it the... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like, what What about that are they thinking is the twist ending? Is it... I feel like... I don't, I don't know if people are in a store looking at the back of this box and deciding whether <laughs> to blind buy this movie or not. But at some level, some of the copy on the back of these these things seems like they're trying to sell it to a person who's never experienced the movie. Right. Like on a lot of, there's a bunch of Shaw Brothers Blu-rays that are coming out in the, the UK and a lot of the copy on those is like way overselling shit, <laughs> like talking about, oh, this movie inspired Crouching Tiger. And like, yeah, yeah, in a broad sense that <laughs> this is a wuxia before Crouching Tiger, but like, come on. And, uh, I don't know. I I see that sort of as a bit of hyperbole to sort of yeah. sell copies yeah, or whatever. It's weird. I just I don't know how many people are are buying these movies or collecting these movies that don't have some kind of history with them prior, or at least with the genre. Yeah, they, you know, they, it could be somebody who's like who just likes that type of film and hasn't seen that specific one but right. in that sense they're gonna know generally what they're getting into and yeah to i mean it's different in that these are super comedic <clears throat> like there's i mean i'm sure there's other black exploitation comedies but primarily they were more like straight ahead action movies <laughs> from what i can remember i mean there's western black exploitation movies and other things but I don't know I can't think of like straight up comedies offhand but uh, yeah yeah that's weird how dare they yeah just kind of confused me a bit and I was like what do you mean surprising twist ending what yeah I don't know twist that he did not turn into a physical tornado and (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) that would have been surprising yeah (laughs) Little fucking Tasmanian devil tornado. (laughs) And he kind of is on the poster there. (laughs) He does. Yeah, they play that up. (laughs) But he is a mean motor scooter. He's a human tornado. (laughs) I love how he says tornado. Yeah, that was was always fun. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, I think think if anything, it's just that uh, I, I, I think I wound up with expectations that were a little too much of just 
absurdity and yeah. going off the deep end and that it was that's that expectations well, ruins everything it, it, it can it really can it's a big uh big problem with movies and things in general is yeah. getting your hopes up and all that yeah so try to avoid expectations yeah as much as possible laura has a saying um aim low avoid disappointment mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's just it's basically the way to <laughs> live your life. I mean, uh, you know, there's some comedy to that saying, but uh, right, right, but it's kind of. I mean, if you free yourself from from expecting anything from anything, and you just go in accepting whatever this thing is, like you know, right, it uh, it really makes uh, life more enjoyable. Yeah, I've found for me personally. Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely some truth to that. That usually when something winds up disappointing me, it's because I thought it was going to be something completely different. Yeah, that's usually what happens. And if I just go into something being like, I don't know what the fuck this is, we'll just see. (laughs) Even if it's not that great, I'll still enjoy it to some degree. Yeah, it's like a surprise, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You're taking it more at face value than sort of putting on your own construction of what it might be. And then as soon as it deviates from that, you're like, oh, oh, I I wanted it to go this way. <laughs> yeah. Then, it, then, uh, you're, then you have to reconcile it yeah. with uh, your previous ideas. And that never works out well. Right. All right, well, we got anything else? Uh, I think uh, it's a fun movie. Gets a little slow in the center. But eh, it was still fun. Even in the middle bits where it was slower, it was still entertaining. It was. Yeah. I love 70s music, so I don't remember being bored at all. I mean, I'm super into it the whole time, so... Um, but I I do agree that it does slow down, mm-hmm. for sure. And slow is not necessarily a bad thing. No, not in this case. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely can be a bad thing, though. Yeah, it can be. It's just not not always a bad thing. Right. It doesn't. You can just soak in the atmosphere <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, especially with the uh, you know, I uh, did not live through the seventies. I don't think you did either. No. So, uh, you know, take in a bit of L.A. in the 70s and yeah. club life, <laughs> you know, nightclubs. And right. Yeah. There's a wow. lot of fun dance performances going on. Yeah. It's <clears> definitely <throat> different than anything I, <laughs> you know, experienced. So. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, definitely going to be different than any uh, actual, like a, like a modern film trying to set oh, in the for 70s. Sure. Like yeah. You're actually getting what right. was culturally going on in the 70s, not what somebody wants to show from the seven you know this right a more raw representation of the era than yeah and and even more so because this is low budget so you mm-hmm. don't get it's not as produced as like a fucking big budget mgm movie from this time would be so it's more of like the real shit <laughs> right, right so it's it's nice just in that sense yeah yeah go hey Here's some 
70s scenes going right. on what what was going on in the 70s right. well, here you go here's some uh, <laughs> bit of a cultural window to the past but. yeah all right well you got any uh any rhymes oh geez <laughs> <laughs> rhymes crap I, no, no. no i don't I, I, all right well i had to come prepared i, I should have <laughs> All right, well, uh, I guess we'll call it Human Tornado. It's awesome. Watch it. Rewatch it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and uh, until next time, let's uh, say adios. See ya. All right, we got some feedback here uh, from the, uh, the always... Uh, feedbacking nick <laughs> once again nick he's back again. he's back he's talking about uh he's feedbacking for the uh the last episode um zoo warriors from the magic mountain not the last one we recorded of course but the right. <laughs> it's going on the, the next one so or the last one or whatever anyway uh nick has this to say he says great work as always guys <laughs> Rough week for me. My girlfriend's dog, Scruffy, a schnauzer, was put to sleep on Sunday. Oh, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. Jesus. Sorry to hear that, Nick. Brought down the podcast. <sighs> yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I had to put down my cat, I don't know, about a year ago almost now. Fuck. Has it been that long? Wow. Yeah, it's in July, so yeah. it's been yeah. it's been a while. It's... I don't I don't envy anybody going through that. No. Uh so Nick continues, well, I thought I'd share my unfiltered impressions here of two Asian movies relating to your previous podcast and or my comments. <laughs> my first impressions is for uh Zoo Warriors or The Legend of Zoo, the 2001 sequel to Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain that neither of us have seen. All right. Uh, he thinks it is just as fast-paced and wall-to-wall action as he remembers uh, the first movie being. And he says, lots of interesting dialogue with well-developed characters who have epic backstories. Mm-hmm. Sounds like right. wusha to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have a wusha without an epic backstory. Yeah, I know. Yeah, all these characters got to gotta be uh, on some kind of a journey or... From some kind of a journey into another journey. <laughs> Lots of journeying and Pausing a journey for a different journey. Right, right. Uh, he continues, hit and miss CG. That is wall to wall. Um, hit and miss CG integration and effects, but very different in style to what I'm used to viewing here in the States. Uh, seems more imaginative to me, which also seems like Chinese yeah, uh, yeah. CG to me. We, I don't know if we just, we've discussed that on podcast, but we've... Uh, I think we did when, when we did uh, the tall story, Chinese tall story. Yeah. At yeah, least at I some level. I a lot of CG and... Yeah. I know we've discussed it before of uh, Hong Kong CG being more... Yeah. About just visualizing something than making it seem a part of reality. Right, right. And I like that. Yeah. So I'm actually very interested in seeing the sequel. I'm I'm excited. Uh, Nick continues, very, very comic book-like. Surprising to me that this movie is from 2001 because it seems very similar 
with its techniques to modern Marvel and DC movies. Hmm. Probably a secret influence on the current generation of live-action animators and renderers. I don't know, but I would... I, I always like to think Makes that, me curious, that yeah. uh, Hong Kong movies are influencing. Yeah, so. And Soy Hark is a big, big, uh, big pillar of Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. It's very possible. Oh, shit. I lost, the, I lost my place here. Oh, we're going to have to oh, start damn. all over. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, crisis averted. Here we go. Uh, the other one is for... The other impression is for the anime made by Miyazaki's son, Goro, whom we previously discussed, called Tales from Earthsea, 2006. Now, you've actually seen this movie. I did see that back when it uh, came out, shortly after. All right. I think when it came out on DVD, I think I saw it. So a while ago. Yeah, a while ago. It's been a while. Uh, Called together from American author Ursula Le Guin's uh, R.A.P. 2018. I guess she died. Oh, Another oh, sad one. Sad, yeah. Jesus. Uh, from her Earthsea series of novels. So in regards to Goro's adaptation, he says, uh, interesting scenario with subtle fantasy backdrop. Great characters whose motivations seem realistic. Does that jive with your memory? Um, yeah, I guess so. What little I remember of it at this point, beyond yeah. uh, just some shots here and there in my head <laughs> of... Uh, it's one I've always wanted to see, so at yeah, some it's, point... It's uh, something I should definitely see again. It's gotten way too foggy in my head to uh, come to any proper <laughs> to really opinion talk about of it, it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Do you have it? I don't have it. I think All I right. watched it from Netflix when it was... Well, we can get a hold of it. Yeah, it's it shouldn't be that hard. It's Ghibli film. Yeah, the library probably has it around here. Yeah. Um, they have all the other ones, so yeah. I'm sure they have that one. Uh, the drawings and animations are my favorite aspect of the movie. Even the CG moments that were used as sudden, fast-paced flourishes that made the world seem more real. Mm. Have to keep an eye out for those CG moments. Yeah, I know you are a big fan of the anime yeah, CG. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of CG in it. Yeah, and the only thing I'm specifically remembering was at some point there was a brick floor that was collapsing, and it was okay. obviously CG'd to collapse it rather than traditional animation. And that was where that's my only real memory of CG specifically. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, they CG'd that's where it. you <laughs> shook your fist at the screen." <laughs> like, "Oh, they, you could have animated that. It's, you're Ghibli. You can animate yeah. falling bricks. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> Maybe this was the. Uh the falling out between, uh, uh, not necessarily falling out, but the the <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the animosity between father and son. Yeah, was, uh, but yeah, I recall it being a pretty decent movie overall. Hey, buddy. Maybe not as good as some of the other Ghibli films, but yeah, you know, it was solid. It was decent. Nothing particularly wrong with it or anything. Yeah. I mean, it is Ghibli, so yeah, can't be that bad. Next point, the dragons were cool. <laughs> it, there were some dragons in there, and they were cool. <laughs> I, I will agree. <laughs> I think in general, are there are there dragons that aren't cool in in things? Can you think of any uncool I, dragons? I don't know. I feel like most dragons. Yeah, it kind of you know 
kind of hard to be an uncool dragon. Yeah, I mean, dragons in general, cool cool guys, cool maybe, girls. Maybe the dragons from um, that one kid's series of how to train your dragon how to tame your dragon or something oh like that. yeah they look weird i don't yeah like that. I, i've never really liked them and the, like that they just look wrong yeah i haven't seen it but just visually i don't like them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen that movie either i never read the books they're based on oh they're books too oh jesus we had them at the library back oh there. okay I, I was, kids books or something. yeah they're like little kids books yeah. they were the the first chapter book kind of things oh uh, way back then oh yeah fuck so them. i was <laughs> like yeah <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. that kind of explains why they look so wrong and cutesy in the yeah. film. But yeah. it's just kind of like, uh, I just took a glance at it and went, mm, not feeling it. But Okay, well, we found some uncool dragons. Yeah. <laughs> and there's probably more out there, too. There, there probably are. I'm kind of thinking of one particular one in, a, in one of the Breath of Fire games. Okay. I don't know that it wasn't cool. It was just kind of... I don't know, he was a really old dragon, and you got in a fight with him, and every once in a while, instead of attacking you, his his turn would just be bad back, and he'd just be like, ah, oh. <laughs> he'd just like, <laughs> kind of twitch around like, ah, oh, ah, oh, can't do this. Oh, man. I don't know that that's uncool, but it's just kind of, it, it was hilarious. I actually kind of liked it. It was, yeah. it was a fun little moment in the game. of. <laughs> I, en- I enjoy the, the, the thought to do that. I feel bad for the dragon. <laughs> Poor guy, he's so old. Yeah, he, he's kind of past his prime. And, and and you're fighting this guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Jesus. Is this at the beginning of the game? I, think it, was, like, I think it was fairly early on. I'm okay. going to say it was Breath of Fire 3. It was either 3 or 4. I don't remember which, but... Yeah, you you fight a dragon and and he's got a bad back and and every once in a while he get, he just can't make an attack because his his back hurts. Poor he tries guy. to do something, he just goes ow, ah, ah, and I loses feel, a turn. I feel like as a hero, you know, you, you know, RPG, you're playing it, you know, you're supposed to be this hero on a quest or something. I feel like uh, you should say, hey, <laughs> it's okay, you know, I'll, I'll take my my uh, journeying elsewhere. I I think. If I'm remembering right, it's been a long time since I played that game. Yeah. I think what it was is he was giving you a test. Like, he was going to grant you power if you could prove your strength. And oh, so okay. You, so it was like a... It was not like you're out to slay him. It was more of a... So you don't actually kill him? No, no. I'm pretty sure you did not kill him. Oh, okay. At least not in that fight. Maybe something else killed him later. I don't know. But that that fight, I think, was more of just a... Making proving okay. to the dragon that you were cool enough to inherit his powers All or right. something. All right, well, that's a little better then. Yeah, it, it wasn't like I'm just gonna kill this dragon, right? He's a little <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh man. Uh, next point the, the lighting effects are awesome. An example that stands out is when the protagonist is sleeping on some giant stone steps as the sun is setting. The warm, realistic colors and the subtle changes in lighting got me on an emotional level. Level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just fucked up the last <laughs> one there. I was doing good. Remember uh, good lighting or anything um, like that? I do remember it kind of like just in general. I remember the film being like a sunsetty kind of a color scheme. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sure that wasn't the entire film, but I. 
remember kind of a strong visual image of a kind of a sunset light yeah. going on and reminds me of shinkai where he's yeah, it's always some moment of, of yeah. Like there, there ultra was beauty. A, a little bit of that in the in yeah. the Earthsea stuff. Not quite the same way Shinkai does it. Shinkai's got a very yeah nostalgic feel to it. Okay, this was more of a epic fantasy kind of a. All right, all right. The themes and messages in the movie are an interesting blend of Western and Eastern thoughts and ideas. I always mm. like to see that. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I imagine it kind of had to be that. It was a Japanese film of a Western novel. So yeah, this is true. This is true. I don't know how it would have been anything else, honestly, but I'm not remembering specifically what would have been uh, matching up of those. But have you read the books? I read one of them, and I kind of don't think it was what the movie was based on. Okay. Because there was not a lot of similarity to it that I can remember. But <laughs> but there was a dragon somewhere. There was a dragon. Was there it was cool? A, is the it question. was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Okay, well. Yeah. Was... Seems like there's a lot of similarities to me. <laughs> <laughs> Nick says, alike and alike in regards to the two movies. And he's probably going to watch Grave of the Fireflies for the first time tonight. Ooh. Tonight being a couple of days ago when he so, wrote this. Uh, no advice I can give you now, Nick. But uh, Right, it's a little late now. But I, I hope you uh, survived the journey unscathed. <laughs> See, his girlfriend, dog, the dog died, had to be put down. Very depressing, sort of and, sad. And, and then you're going to watch Grave of the Fireflies, which I've never seen, but I know of it as a very depressing movie. It is a very depressing movie. It's uh, arguably one of the most depressing films I've ever seen. So That's what I've heard. So, man. Oddly enough, the only <laughs> other one I can really compare to it in just levels of depressing is uh, Barefoot Gen, another anime film yeah. about World War II. So. Man, I got a Japanese movie you need to see then. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get depressed, there's a Japanese movie, I think it's late 40s, called Sancho the Bailiff. Mm, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a famous movie. Criterion put it out um, over here. So it's available. relatively well-known. And there's a famous like review of it from around the time or something. I don't know. I remember reading about it, and, and the guy was like, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I never want to see it again <laughs> because I couldn't fucking make it through it or some shit like that. <laughs> and then I saw it, and I totally agree. It's fucking amazing, incredible movie, but it's so f fucking depressing. And it's really, like, it's a really great movie. So you should see it because you like Japanese stuff. Right. I sh I Man, should. is it... <laughs> Be, be ready for just the depression. It's fucking inside. rough. Yeah. It's a rough movie. Emotionally. I mean, it just pulls you through the, through the ringer. Yeah. In a good way. You know, it's really well done, but man. <laughs> mm. One of them movies. Yeah, so all three of those movies we mentioned, Japanese. Yeah. Oddly, so. you, you usually think of uh, very dark, depressing things as Russian. This, yeah. yeah? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some depressing Russian stuff. I don't know, but I'm not too familiar with a lot of Russian stuff. So 
Yeah, I mean, Russian movies I haven't seen a t too much. I've seen some silent stuff. The Eisenstein, the big famous like Battleship Potemkin and mm. stuff like that. Alexander Nevsky. I remember that being pretty depressing. People dying in the fucking frozen ice lake and shit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too big on... I, I haven't never went too deep on Russian cinema. Yeah. Usually I hear it associated with literature being very dark and depressing. With like okay. T Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's a big influence on uh, Kurosawa. Oh. was a big, big uh, Dostoevsky fan. And uh, he has a movie, Dersu Uzala, which I think is in Russian. At least at some level, they, they filmed it in Russia. It's about this Russian group that has a Japanese um, guide. And I don't remember anything else about it, but it's amazing. Great movie. And it's hard to find now. Like, it hasn't been... Re like, it has a DVD release from, like, 20 years ago that's yeah, out well. of print for the last 15 or something. But hmm. this is a great movie that, you know, it's like... Nobody can see it. It's frustrating. I saw it on VHS back in the day, but yeah, yeah it was some weird Russian movie. It was a lot more modern. It was something Netflix had it on somewhere, and I was like, "I'll try it out. Why not?" And yeah, it was a. Uh, it was bleak. I don't know that it was depressing. It was. I, I kind of just thought it was more boring. I can't remember the name of Ooh. it, unfortunately. <laughs> but I was just like, okay. So boring that you forgot the name. Yeah, I couldn't make it through it. I got like halfway through it. I'm like, I, I can't. I can't keep going. This is just. It's too much. Yeah, too much. Huh. Boring stuff. But it was, I'm curious what it is. It was something weird about. I guess it. It kind of has like this opening narration, that kind of sets the stage as like some space epic where they where we colonize some other planet of aliens that look just like us but they're okay. in like the middle ages and so they were like oh this will be a perfect like anthropology study of what society can be like and stuff so they sent a few people to infiltrate it and okay so it's it's technically sci-fi but it's all like middle ages kind of right. stuff like european castles and stuff huh. there's like no science it, fiction stuff anywhere in it yeah except the premise that huh. but it's modern yeah it was a lot more modern than anything else i think we've talked about i think it was like not that old maybe a decade like, old or something okay so like 2000s modern? yeah like oh i think wow, so okay. yeah and so it was a, uh, it was full of the uh, middle ages are covered in shit and yeah and hmm. people just getting killed casually and wow. cg I uh, didn't see any CG. It seemed to be all practical effects. Hmm. But it, it was black and white, too, which is kind of weird. Black it, and white. It was being all, like, fancy and art house. Yeah. So, hmm. which might explain why it was boring. But That's possible. Hmm. It's possible. I'm curious of what this movie is, though. Yeah, it was, it was on Netflix, so... And I'm sure from the description, I don't think there are too many movies about... Yeah, I'm... Especially Russian movies. Right, I'm that, sure I could um, figure it out. Yeah. But uh, it'll right take a little now, sleuthing. But right yeah. now, 
not gonna figure it out. Yeah, and just uh, <laughs> just a warning, it's pretty dull. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't necessarily gonna watch it, but I just uh, I'm curious of what it is, who made it, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, it uh, might have some illuminating information. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, if you know what it is, and you're listening to the podcast. I suggest going outside and screaming it to the heavens, and maybe... Maybe we'll hear it. Maybe we'll hear it. Yes. Hark! What is that? Because <laughs> for all we know, you could be living across the street from one of Who us. Who knows? And, yeah. And you'll yeah. Just, just is going out across we'll the world. And just hear it and go, oh, that was that Russian movie. Yeah. But would you remember it if you heard it? Is the question. That, that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, that's feedback. you have anything else to say to Nick in regards to his comments? Um, uh, I think we'll be checking out both of those movies at some point in the future. They seem like movies will. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. Someday, some way, somehow. Yes, I have the, the Zoo sequel. I do not have Earthsea, but we can get that. Yeah, that's that shouldn't be a hard one to get. Yeah. So, so yeah. Someday yeah. down the line. They I do will occur. I do wonder, just offhand, uh, the zoo, the sequel, um, Legend of Zoo, had a U.S. release called Zoo Warriors, where they cut out like half an hour. Mm. So I am wondering which version you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But uh, right now we don't know. So uh, I guess we'll call it and uh, say adios. See ya. Yes. This is me, the bad, bad Dolomite. And I'm ready. Put me in the White House. Make me the president. I'm going to move on my first act. I'm going to get me 2,000 ragged-ass painters to paint the motherfucking White House black. Dolomite, for your president. I'm going to legalize every motherfucking thing. Somebody asked me, how do I stand on marijuana? Very high, baby, very high. How do I stand on prostitution? I don't stand on it, I lay on it. I'm gonna legalize selling pussy. Sell it, sell it. Sell your pussy, girls. Pussy will sell. Pussy don't sell, grits ain't grosses, and eggs ain't poultry, and Mona Lisa's a motherfucking man. be a bride. I'd lie on my bed and stay with my woman till I die. With a toothpick in my hand, I'd take a ten-foot ditch and run all through the jungle fighting lines with the switch because you know I love you, baby. Oh, you know I love you, baby, yeah. Now, if I don't love you, baby, I'll tell you, quit ain't grocery, it ain't poultry, and Mona Lisa was